episode 39. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Sticking it to the man. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So as I made my purchase of my beard, the, the uh, sales clerk was putting it in a bag. And I said, I don't need a bag. That's fine. And she looked at me and she reached back out, pulled the beard out and put it back into the bag. And I said, I don't need a bag. And so she pulled the beard out and then she put the beard back in the bag. <laughs> and then I said, do I need to have a bag? And she said, yeah, you do. So I took my beard and left with the bag that I didn't need. She wouldn't let you take it out without it being in a bag. It had to be in a bag. Where what are you talking what where is this? Well, I went to a Halloween yeah. one of those Halloween stores that what? pops up in a strip mall. You know, Why wouldn't she have just said, I'm sorry, you can't take this out of the store unless it's in a bag? I think she was trying to be funny. Because oh. she wasn't being sarcastic because she was smiling at me the whole time. So she'd take it out. Sarcastic. Yeah, and she'd put it back in, big smile, and I go, I don't need a bag. Because I'm trying to save the earth, Brad. Uh, you're green. I'm green. I'm green with envy. But she has an awesome job working at a Halloween shop. Not. Oh, man. I I spent an hour in the Halloween store uh-huh. looking for a costume. Mm-hmm. I finally bought one and altered it to, oh, the, to make um, it. The jumpsuit, the uh, the yeah, orange jumpsuit. I bought a uh, the orange de- Department of Corrections jumpsuit. <laughs> yes, and I went and got some iron-on stickers at the Michaels. Uh huh. And uh, I uh, ironed Fox River on the back and the mm-hmm. front. Uh, on the front, it says DOC. So now it says Fox River DOC. And on the back, it says Department of Corrections. And I put Fox River above that. Fox Why would River we know of, Fox River? Brian? Fox River is the uh, prison that was. Where the first season of Prison Break took Prison place, Break, which is filmed here in Dallas. Yeah, it is. The second season and the mm-hmm. third season have been uh, shot here in Dallas. It's, they've been they've been using a lot of areas around here to make it look like Panama right now. <laughs> you know they, what? What did you have you been watching it? Uh, not this season. No. Um, there was a scene where Michael's brother, because Michael's the one in prison now, right? And Sona, uh, and Lincoln is trying to. Uh, get him out of prison spoiler Mm -hmm. alert so there was a scene where he's in downtown panama and this yellow and white bus drives by real quick Uh it's a dart bus oh awesome dallas area rapid transit (laughs) and i i backed it up on the tivo Uh and i i played it in slow motion and as it goes by it's you could see the dart logo how funny it's true story true story it's really funny Uh, well you know we know a guy who works on the show oh yeah we do uh, Amy, the girl's husband. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Robert, the husband. Robert, the husband. I wonder how Amy, the girl, is doing. I don't know. You know, we always wanted to have her on to talk about her thoughts on the last... Um, Harry Potter. Had her Harry Potter book, but that's past. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. It's like... But she did like it. Forget anyway, that. I'd love to have Amy, the girl, on again. We will. She's fun. Well, speaking of TV, I've been working on a sitcom. Yes. And I want you to help me with it, Brad. 
Okay, let's just do this. You did, you know. Let's do this because it feels good. <laughs> Welcome to Apocalypse. 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 Yeah. You mean like oops? Yeah, it's based on a D- some DC characters. Uh, Apocalypse and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, Dark Side. Dark Side. I'm sorry. And Dark- his and his henchman. Yeah, Desaad. Um, Desaad. Yeah. I th- we're pretty sure his name's Desaad. Yeah, it's Desaad. So, um, can you help me help me sing the theme song, Brad? Yeah. Okay. If uh, something feels wrong and, and not the same, same, chances are Desaad's to blame. Desaad. On Apocalypse. Meanwhile, on Apocalypse. 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 Previously on Apocalypse. Desaad, have you gotten the parademons ready for battle yet? Parademons ready for battle? I thought you said turn them into cattle. Desaad! If something feels wrong and not the same, chances are Desaad's to blame. I think that could be a big hit. You think? Yeah, we should do that. We should do that. Uh, like every other week, we should have a new episode of Apocalypse. Oh, uh, Brad, it took me like four weeks to write that. <laughs> well, then maybe we could have one every four weeks. Okay. I liked it. Okay, thank you. The song took the actually the song took the was the hardest part to write. If something feels, feels wrong, wrong and, and not, not the same, blame. chances are Desaad's to blame. Desaad. I'm a big fan of the yelling and the fist shaking. Desaad. They do that a lot in Simpsons. Now, what about what about uh, the other one? You the idea you had for a sitcom? Oh, uh, is actually uh, June Bob's. June Bob's. Okay. June Bob's idea. When we did our Star Wars episode one, you know, you did the Chewbacca sound, and I was doing the, the Watto. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he said we should have a sitcom called Watto and the Wookie. Watto and the Wookie. Here they are. They're a mismatched pair. Oh yeah. We'll have to write a new okay. song for that. Maybe we'll try that. Hey, what are you doing? Did you eat all the mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> I like the the shrug and the hand comes up like it wasn't me. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, we'll try that. Okay, we'll try that. I'll come up time. with a new with a new song for Watto and the Wookie. You see, I'm stuck on the da 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 da. Da, 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 da. Well, let's use that same, that, that same meter, that That's, same that same melody, uh-huh. and then instead of decide, you, we could have a Wookie growl. <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. Okay. Now you recently saw Thirty Days. Thirty of Days Night. of Night, based you, on the comic by Steve Niles and Ben Templesmith. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I've never read the book, nor have I seen the movie. <clears throat> well. But I didn't thumb through it. The artwork is beautiful. For those of you that don't know... Spoiler alert! 30 Days of Night is a story about a town in Alaska called Barrow, which I believe is a a real town. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. It's uh, some of the narration in the book. I'll read the narration in the book. It says, The northernmost community in North America. It lies 10 miles south of... Point Barrow, from which uh, it takes its name. It's a town used to two things, temperatures averaging below zero and darkness. The climate of Barrow is Arctic. Temperatures range from cold as blank to blank freezing. The sun doesn't set between 
uh, May 10th and August the 2nd and doesn't rise between November 18th and December 17th. This is the last day the sun will shine for 30 days. So here it is, November 17th, storms moving in. And basically, it's a story about these vampires uh, finding what one of them calls heaven on earth. And it's a town where the sun is... I mean, it's night for 30 days, for a whole month. It's nothing but nighttime. Now, um, the novel, what would you think of it? The, is it a comic book or a novel? Graphic novel. It, it was released as a comic book. Okay. So what you, so, so you have the trade Published by IDW. This is the trade. What did you think <clears throat> of the book? I liked it. I'm not a, a huge horror fan. Yeah, uh, neither am I. But I find myself uh, being able to tolerate it more and more as I grow up. You know, like, I, being... When I was little, I couldn't watch any of the scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to this day, I can't watch Halloween with the sound on because mm-hmm. that music freaks me out. I have to turn the sound off. Okay. I'm getting my cell phone out because I actually have a ringer on my phone of the Halloween music. <laughs> nice. I'm scared. It's Halloween. That music is just creepy as uh, all get out. Um, I've never been a big fan of the of the slasher movies, mostly because I don't know. I'm so removed from it. It's like I know that's fake. I mean, I know that's all special effects and stuff. I know that guy didn't get a you know a, a knife stuck in his neck. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the more intense, if it's more psychological, those usually scare me. Much like Halloween. Um, trying to think of some other movies yeah the uh <clears throat> but and i don't like to be scared so i usually don't bother with horror movies i find that the more psychological thrillers scare me more than the the quote-unquote hacker mm-hmm. slasher yeah. gory um films like the grudge the first uh the grudge movie which was a remake of a japanese oh i film never saw that one but I, or something like that it, had uh, sarah michelle geller yeah that was the scariest movie I've ever seen. I, I will man. qualify that by saying I've never seen The Exorcist, nor have I seen the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. So for me, The Grudge was the scariest movie I've ever seen. I literally screamed like a woman at one point and jumped mm-hmm. out of my seat into the one next to me. I mean, that there was a, just, ugh, it's creepy thinking about it. And that girl made this, <laughs> this noise, mm-hmm. this dead girl that lived in the house made that noise. Anyway. Back to 30 Days. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it's a vampire movie. Uh, the book has, um, like you said, beautiful artwork. Um, the book has some gore in it, but it's so stylized. Like there's this, this uh, it's not a double-page spread, but there's two pages here of where it shows just destruction of the vampires running through the town, just eating, biting people. There's a cool shot in the movie of this same thing, but it's almost like a helicopter view mm-hmm. of of the town. It's like you're looking straight down at the at the ground in a helicopter, and you're flying. Was that Amy the girl that I just heard? Is yeah, I think she's the giving. Girl? I think she's giving a tour of the building. I think she's giving a tour of the building. No, it's not Amy the girl because she's not tall enough. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> But there's a cool shot of all these ra- vampires running mm-hmm. amok, 
in the street at night. Obviously, it's night. Mm-hmm. Uh, just biting people. Just, um, if you like the book, you'll probably like the movie. Uh, Steve Niles helped write the screenplay for the movie, oh, so good. he was okay. still involved. Um, I was afraid that they were going to change a whole lot um, and make it almost like a different story. Mm-hmm. They did change quite a bit which confused me but it still felt like i was watching the same story that i read okay um in the book the husband and wife uh sheriff team um you know are are at a happy point in their marriage and Mm -hmm. they're you know they're happily married well in the movie um I'm not even sure that they were married because I missed the first 10 minutes of the movie. Okay. Um, but they were basically, had, they were separated. They were at a point in their relationship where they weren't happy whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I don't know why he changed that. That's actually, I mean. In the movie, I'm. That that's an interesting dynamic, story dynamic though, because. Uh, I mean, we've seen it before yeah. in the movie. Two, two separated people mm-hmm. they they uh will endure a drama trauma of some right. kind and that'll bring them closer together yes you know Jurassic Park 3 mm-hmm. same thing i think if memory serves i'm sure there's a lots more but i like dinosaurs mm. um I, I i don't know why he felt like he needed to change that but he did yeah, yeah. i i think it it adds a little more drama when two people can get together who um who do have differences and you know the, the couple that they love each other but they can't stand each other at the same time and you know yeah. to put to, to put them into a, a situation like this to where they they have to work together you know it, it's it's just one of those elements that that you, you you can create more drama with you know I love you but I hate you yeah. or, or maybe not hate but you know I can't stand you I mean we've all seen it we know we I think we've seen couples that stay together because they love drama. Mm-hmm. For their mama. For their mama. There's well, a there's a story element in here where apparently the the uh vampires the vampire community has been looking for a new place to hang out and feed. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who scouted out this town for the vampires. Okay. And in the book, he appears to be a vampire because in the book, the war balloons of the vampires have this, have this, uh, different look to them. Right. You know, they're, the text is scraggly, raggly, scraggly. The, the balloon actually is like a, it's like a thorny circle. A instead misshaped of, balloon. Yeah. yeah. And the guy who scouts out this town I believe is a vampire. Well, in the movie, he wasn't a vampire, mm-hmm. um, but he was waiting for the vampires to come take him after he did this job for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he changed that, and I'm not sure why he changed that. In the book, the vampire guy, after he'd been in jail, was taunting the sheriff and the sheriff's wife. And then he bent the bars and let himself out. Ooh. They didn't do that in the movie. So, like I said, it, it, he wasn't a vampire in the movie. So, mm. And then there was another whole story element about uh, the guy who you think is the main vampire 
in the book turns out to be almost like a second lieutenant to a bigger vampire. Mm -hmm. And when the big vampire comes to Barrow and sees what they've done, he gets mad because, you know, he's like, we've done everything we could to make the humans not believe that we exist. And now here you come to this town and you ransack it and you kill all these people. Now everybody knows we're here. As a result, we have to burn this town to the ground. This could have been a great place to have for us, but basically you've opened the door for everybody to know that vampires exist now. So I'm going to kill you. He kills the guy, if I remember correctly. Then he he makes all the other vampires totally burn the town down. Okay. In the movie, there wasn't a second guy. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a, like a head honcho vampire. Um, but they end up realizing that they've kind of screwed the pooch on this one, and so they need to burn the town down and kill everybody. And so there's a lot of the same story elements. They changed a few things here and there. Um, the vampires are creepy. Really? Yeah, they looked creepy. Then it wasn't Obella Lugosi. Uh, you know, it was like zombie esque. It was almost zombie esque. Uh, their their uh, eyes were all black, and mm-hmm. they had like fangs. And then you know, the protagonist, the sheriff, in the book and in the movie, decides that the only way to defeat the vampires is to become one. Mm-hmm. So he takes a blood sample from one of the dead vampires and injects it into himself mm-hmm. because earlier in the story he had seen a vampire kill another vampire. And so he realized that's pretty much the only way we're going to be able to handle this. So he turns himself into a vampire. It's a slow transformation, but he gains enough strength and but he keeps enough of his own mental capacities yeah. yeah, to know that he's still a good guy but then he ends up you know saving the day mm. and uh sacrifices himself okay the the end of the the end of the movie uh i wish they had done what they did at the end of the book which is he, you know he and his wife watched the sunrise mm-hmm. actually they did now that i think about it he and his wife watched the sunrise and as the sun comes up you don't see so much of it here in the in the book but it's implied but uh, in the, you, you see the aftermath of what happens when the sun comes up. But in mm-hmm. the movie, you actually see the sun destroying the sheriff and his vampireness, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just like because you know the sun burns him, right? And it just disintegrates his body, and he blows away his ash. And mm-hmm. So, um, based on, a, um, did they do a good rendition? Would you say uh, from from uh, comic book to movie? What do you mean rendition? I mean, did they? Did, you said they stayed true to the movie, or they stayed true to the book? The movie did. Yeah, I think they really did. They, like I said, they changed a couple of minor story elements, mm-hmm. but they essentially told the same story. Um, you know, uh, one out of five stars for the movie. Well, one out of one out of five stars for the book first. Well, not being a huge horror fan, I would still give this like a three and a half out of five. And movie. Um, I've seen really bad horror films. Mm-hmm. And this, I don't think this was a really bad horror film. There were a couple of times when I jumped, you know, mm-hmm. those cheap scares, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what horror films are. They're the, they can be full of cheap scares and mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, you know, the, the, uh, jumping out from behind something, or right, whatever, right, right. you know, 
That's what I call a cheap scare, as opposed to a psychological messing with your brain yep. thing. Um, one out of five for the movie, I'd I'd probably give it a, a three and a half also. Okay, cool. I mean, I liked I liked both of them, and uh, I would actually wouldn't mind watching this movie again because, like I said, it was a faithful rendition of the of the story, and um, I enjoy seeing that i enjoy seeing a comic book make it to the movie screen right um just uh, and still hold true to the book since i'm 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 not a big horror fan i'll probably just stay away from it because i didn't read the book and stuff like that but you know i'm I'm glad it's made and stuff i hope it's very successful and uh you know hopefully hopefully um people who produce these movies will take a note and go, okay, you know, if we stay close, you know, these books are classic or bestsellers for a reason. Let's stick to those elements. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about something. Anything else on that? Not on the movie. Yeah. Um, if you liked the comic, go into the movie thinking it's going to be the same story and it'll be, you'll be happy. There's a couple of minor things that change, but I really don't think it takes away from the, from the story. Um, so, uh, Bill McGonnell, voice of Half Hour Wasted. Mickey G. Mickey G. He recently lent me his showcase, Legion of Superheroes. Cool. Now, the first showcase I got from DC is was um, the Green Lantern. And, and you said that was pretty awful. It was god-awful. Uh, all the stories were very repetitive. It was kind of the same, same story over and over. And, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Silver Age, but... You know, I thought, well, I should read it. You know, maybe I'll gain some insight and stuff. Stories were just god-awful. So when Bill said, you know, you should read this, Frank. You'd probably like it. I go, "Ah, I don't know, but I'll give it a shot, Bill. So he gave it to me. About a week later, I finally cracked it open, and I started reading the first couple stories, and I love it. These are all stories from 1958 to 1964. It is Silver Age camp. But you know what? It just goes to show how good good writing can just change a book because the writing is fun. And the characters are fun, and there's a lot of th- you know there, there's a lot of things that are kind of they're very silly in it that they just kind of you know throw at you um, things like uh, okay I'm going to go to the malt shop now and talk to my friends stuff like that but it's it there, there, there's a youthful energy and innocence to it that just makes me happy I'm about a third of the way through it I would recommend this this is fun and it it, it intersperses stories between Superboy. Stories of Superman when he was a boy, and uh, Supergirl, and the Legion's just a lot of fun. And you know, may- maybe it's because there's more characters involved that I like this, other than the Green Lantern uh, showcase, because it was it was always the same thing. You yeah. Know? Um, hope no one finds out I'm Green Lantern. Uh, I really like this girl, uh, and and but she's in love with Green Lantern. Um, I can't remember the girl who who Ferris the the girl who runs the airline that that um Carol uh, Carol Ferris something like that yeah, yeah. I, I just struggle with it in fact I I never really finished it I still have about you know maybe a hundred pages to go these these showcase books are similar to the Marvel Essentials right in that they reprint reprint old books in black and white yeah and they're nice big size you know phone books you can get you know these are it's a sixteen ninety nine book, and you probably got 30, 30 issues in here or so. Uh, there may be five hundred pages in that thing. Yeah, I mean it's 
it, it's so funny because this has such an energy to it that I love it. It's fun, Brad. And it's camp. It's campy fun, but it makes me it makes me happy. I was going to say the difference between these showcases and essentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Marvel Essentials reprint basically uh, every story for whatever character the essential is about uh-huh. in chronological order. Now these showcase they don't necessarily do that. Like when you pick up uh, Moon Knight Essential Moon Knight Volume One, mm-hmm. you're going to get the first appearance chronologically when he, speaking. When he was with were- Werewolf by were- Night, Werewolf by Night, and then into you know his own series. Here, I'm assuming based on previous DC showcase volumes that their first appearance is necessarily not in this book. I would say that they take probably highlights from the series and put them in here. They, they are in chronological them. yeah, they are in chronological order. Uh in the case of the Green Lantern, that was in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and it and it was one right after the other, right after the other, right but I mean ugh. See, the first the first book that they have in here is Adventure Comics number 247. And mm-hmm. it's the one where Cosmic Boy, Lightning Boy, and Saturn Girl are on the cover of the book, and they're they're all saying, no, uh, your powers are too ordinary. You can't be a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Right. Uh, and even in the the first uh, few pages of the, of the issue, it doesn't look like what would what I would consider like an origin story or, or whatever, but, but maybe because I haven't read it, I don't know. Uh, no, He's it, already in the 30th century is what I mean, um, right? No, no, th- this is where he meets the Legion for the very first time. Oh, you're right, here it is. It says, well, uh, Cosmic Boy says, I like to have the fact that they have their names printed yes. on their, on their yes. uniforms. That's funny. He uh, says, uh, we're from the future... Uh, we'd like to have a bit of fun with you, blah blah blah. Okay, so so uh, now, now you got to remember the Legion didn't have their own comic book to begin with, so they they are just their backup stories for the Superboy for Superboy, and they became very popular, and they eventually did come up with their own series. So they're not this very well could be their first appearance. Then yeah, this is their first appearance. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, then all that stuff I said earlier was <laughs> was wrong. Um, but I, but I mean you're not wrong in that some of the comic books. They don't give you the whole thing. They it's may not, get, they may give you their origin and then a couple of key stories. Yeah. And then because if the Moon Knight Essential was a showcase, yes. it wouldn't have put all those issues in it because some of them weren't as good as the others. They would right. have showcased certain issues, certain right. events and highlights. Um, I'm trying to find some. There's just some things in here that just make me so happy. Um, Things like, uh, well, I mean, some of the plots are just uh, so contrived and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. If you can vamp for a while, let me see what I can find here. The uh, At the beginning of our show, you know, I played this right here. Oh, wait. Okay. That, of course, is the 24, you know, mm-hmm. noise. Um, I've got my parents hooked on that show. Uh, I was talking about it for so long. Uh, that they finally started watching episode uh, series uh, season six, mm-hmm. the one that ended uh, over the summer, and uh, I have a blockbuster video rental like Netflix, and uh, so far they've worked their way through uh, halfway through season three. They're just like love the show now. My dad calls it the Jack Bauer Power Hour. He'll call me in the middle of the day. 
uh bradley uh do you have another uh 24 dvd uh in the mail because uh, you know mom and i are home tonight uh with nothing to do and uh, we'd like to watch jack bauer so anyway that's why i played that it just struck me as that's fun. funny isn't it great when you can get someone hooked on a series like that yep you know. did you find a funny thing um yes like right here you see the thing with the with the legion at least in these early days is that they like to sit behind desk with their little name their, their little yeah. name plates so uh so they have so they're sitting behind this desk and it has their name and what their power is underneath it so on here the de- they have like little name card like little cards sitting on top of their desk yes so right here they have Chameleon Boy, and everyone needs your boy or girl or something like that. Chameleon Boy, super disguised. That's his. That's what super it says. disguised. Yes. Then they have Colossal Boy, super growth. Mm. And then they have Invisible Kid, and his power is super invisibility. Not just normal invisibility, <laughs> but super invisibility. <laughs> Wonder what the difference is between the two. I don't. I don't know. And then they're at a malt shop, and there's nine delicious flavors from nine planets. It's just, this just makes me so happy. It's just so cool. Um, there's an uh, there's Lex Luthor in here, a young Lex Luthor, and the Superboy story, which I'm very confused about. You know how that how that orange, um, how all that the origin between Superboy, Lex Luthor, all in the Silver Age, Crypto's in here too. Should we talk about what we have planned next year? We want to have we're going to have a Superman expert on here. We we want to do a show devoted to nothing but Superman. Yeah, that's fine. I think that'd be fine. But that's that's going to be next year. Yeah. Do we want to say who it is and why it has to be next year? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, we're going to have uh, Murd from Comic Geek speak on Adam Murdo. Adam Murdo. Uh, he's agreed to talk to us, but only after Christmas because he works at. At Murdo's Christmas, Christmas barn. barn, and it's just getting busy. Pennsylvania, busier. his yeah. parents own a Christmas shop. He a year round Christmas shop. Yeah, yeah, he works there obviously over the Christmas season. And he yeah. said, once Christmas is done, he'd be happy to come talk to us. So, and I'm actually looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, he's the one that wrote that crisis article for the Comics Now yes. magazine, which, by the way, is coming out this month. Yeah, can't wait for that. Also, uh, I think um, that Flash. That special flash. I don't know if we should talk about it. Well, Freddie Williams mentioned it. But yeah, you know, he did. Episode or uh, issue two thirty four. Two thirty four, which our logo should be in page five. Mm-hmm. So awesome. hopefully it'll be out. Uh, oh my gosh, when we get that thing, we're going to do a special show just on that logo. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm buying uh, multiple copies. I just hope that our. I just hope that our. Um, that our, there aren't word balloons covering it, or if the colorist goes over it or something like that but or the editor says what is this yeah get that so, out of here so uh we're hoping but we understand if it doesn't make it in okay well we hit our 30 minute mark um any closing thoughts brad um i just have to use the restroom really bad so let's close this up okay flash any closing words well about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail i didn't realize flash could talk i was about to say when did you teach him how to <laughs> do a peter uh, griffin impression That's pretty good boy okay well if you have any comments drop them off at half hour wasted at gmail.com don't forget we're on the comics forums uh, dot com right did i say right comic forums comic forums dot com uh, or you can give us a call at our magic number, Brad. 614-715-3900, extension 775-0064-POUND. And just let us know what you're thinking about. We'll play it on the air. Until next week, see you later, Brad. See you later, Frank. <laughs>